Welcome, welcome. This is the Simply King Podcast, and this is your boy Rodney Perry, King himself, and you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans simply being human. And I'm so, <laughs> so glad that I was able to get the time, and it's a hell of a time to catch some anyone, you know what I'm saying? But we, we you know, I know y'all ass at home, mm-hmm. so I, so it's, you know, the availability is kind of open for guests, I guess. <laughs> Under these, right under these very, you know, crazy times. I would like to thank my guests of last week, the Away with Words podcast, Bree Stories and A Tati for coming on. I appreciate y'all so so much. It was a great episode. Blind spotting. Make sure you check it out. I think it's a very very hearty conversation that will forever be beneficial to whoever who listens. But today I have a special special guest, special guest that I'm so glad we connected. I know you guys are going to love her. I have Taylor <laughs> Mason of Edify. Is it Edify LLC or is Edify Financial LLC? So it's Edify Consulting LLC, Edify. but you'll find me on Instagram at Edify Me. Yes, Edify Me. I love that, too. I might make I might make that the title, by the way. I love that. Right? It got a little ring to it. It does have a little ring to it, but I want you to tell the people exactly what you do with your business first and all things, and then we can get into this conversation. All right. Well, that sounds good to me. But um, as he mentioned, I run my own consulting company. I actually made it official in 2017 of last, well, 2017. So I've been running it for a little bit now. But prior to that, I was doing a lot of the work just pro bono, just because I love what I do. But once I graduated with my master's degree, I discovered that I love doing um, business improvements and financial literacy. So I started Edify Consulting, which focuses on professional development and business enhancement. Now, what that means, to break it down into layman's terms, it helps small and medium-sized businesses to grow. So that can include things like contract creation or onboarding paperwork or just doing budgeting workshops or just ensuring that all individuals are financially literate because it doesn't matter what aspect of business you go into. It is so, so, so important to have the foundational aspects of what it means to be financially literate. Um, I also have a second part to it where I do mentoring and workshops with high school students transitioning from high school into the workforce or into college. So that's, I know it's kind of like overwhelming. You know, I I just, I got to have my finger in everything. I love that. Thank you. I mean, money, money and finance and all these different things are, it's crazy how we have made it into, um, something that is so somewhat somewhat outside of ourselves right i don't know if it feels like that to you but to me just in terms of speaking about finance and all these different things they treat it almost as if it's a thing you should study right like as a as a Mm -hmm. subject matter more than something that every single person has to come in contact with everyone has to deal with either personal finance or finance in some way shape or form even if you're not exactly yeah, even if you're not in a, you know, in finance in terms of your career, <laughs> but like you have to do your own, you know, handle your own business, have to handle your own personal budgeting, all these different things. And I always thought it was interesting that um, these types of like courses and these type of like life skills, because these are really like adulting life skills. They are. That, adulting 101. Yeah. And finance, finance is in there. You know what I'm saying? That's num- that's one of the ones of the one on the one, you know? So, exactly. like, and it's and crazy. It is crazy. Like, I don't think people understand how important it is to have that understanding, especially for moments like this when people are getting laid off and people aren't going to have jobs for two, three months. Like, the first thing they teach you when you're learning about finance is you want to have at least two to three months of savings build Hmm. up just in case you are to lose your job. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't understand what it means to even have two to three months of saved up money waiting just in case something like this is to happen. See, you you, you get you getting going, girl. Let me go ahead and catch up with you real quick. We going to. Something I like to do, um, one of the segments I like to do is do the Twitter check-in. And this Twitter check-in is something that hasn't even, it, I can't even, because it's, Twitter has been all over the place <laughs> since everybody has been at home. The most random things can, have been going viral or people have been trending about all types of things. One day it can be about mm-hmm. something real cute and beautiful, like, you know, 
just finding out somebody, mm-hmm. you know, just had a baby or something like that. And then finding out that there's, you know, three million people who just filed for unemployment. Like, damn, yep. like, what the fuck? So let's go into the Twitter check in. So the Twitter check in for the day is about this stimulus, this stimulus package that the um, that all all all, you know, governing parties being the House and Senate and all these different people have agreed upon essentially a bill to assist um, not only corporations and small businesses, but also individuals with some sense of some sort of stimulus package. I think it was what around like two trillion dollars or something like that. It is two trillion dollars. First, because let's unpack some of this, right? Hmm. Two trillion dollars. I'm gonna have. I'm almost said it like Boosie, like two two right. trillion dollars, right? That's a whole lot of dollars. That's a whole lot of dollars just falling out the sky mm-hmm. in the middle of a crisis. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sitting here thinking, and then then on top of that, that's not what got me, Taylor. That ain't the only thing that got me. What else got you? Me knowing that this is the government, the government, right? I know that uh-huh. there's there's so much bureaucracy and there's so much like there's, they make it seem like there's so much red tape. They need to verify and and get signatures and get notary republic and all that all that type of stuff to for us to get money for us to get anything that we that's supposed to be ours, right? Mm-hmm. But they put out this information saying checks will be sent out. Direct deposits will be sent out. I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. So y'all got a button somewhere. Exactly. Where y'all can push that bitch and send out various, not even the same amount. A large part, a large part, large amount of people going to get the same amount. But there's mm-hmm. various different amounts to very specific people in various households. Yeah. They're going to get either a paper check or a direct deposit into their bank mm-hmm. based off of whoever they set that up with with their IRS uh return income tax return filings. That shit exactly. blew my mind because that sounds like know. that sounds too efficient to really be true. Right? That's why I'm sitting here like nah, nah, this cannot be this easy. It can't be. Stop playing with me. It cannot be that easy just to send out checks. First of all, how did you even find 2 trillion dollars? Like where did you even go? To find, considering we're already in trillions of dollars of debt, mm. but you know, yeah, I, there's a lot of things they don't tell us. They don't. They don't. But tell me, initially, before we at least talk slightly about the details, so because I, I do want to give people a little bit of education on a little bit that I have found out. Tell me what you think about this stimulus package, and if you believe this will truly uh, lighten the load of this current crisis for a lot of people from your personal perspective? Well, my personal perspective, just applying like a business background to it. I do not feel like this one, one time check of $1,200 is going to help save the economy and just help bring relief to a bunch of people. I do not feel that way. I do feel like it'll be a temporary relief to some families um, for them to be able to provide for their families by buying groceries and different things like that. But I do feel that this is something that needs to continue on. This needs to be something that is on a monthly basis, because if you think about it, um, if you do, if you work a $50,000 job a year, your paycheck every two weeks is what, maybe $1,200. And now I'm going from making over $2,000 to only bringing in $1,200 for if you're a single or an individual person. Like these are things people have to think about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think this stimulus package is designed to really help people. I feel like it's to help build our economy back up. Yes. But I don't... I what a lot of people have to understand is that to build our economy back up, we have to work with the unemployment rate. We have to bring that back up. Once people get back to work and start bringing in income, then guess what? People are going to go back to investing. People are going to start buying things. People are going to go back to the mall, which is going to help our economy out. But the bad thing that I'm really starting to see that is so disappointing and emotional for me is because the demand for certain products are so high, it causes a fluctuation in prices. So whereas you might have got an 18 count of eggs from Kroger's last week for a dollar and 89 cents, well, three weeks ago before this all started for a dollar and 89 cents, you could go in there today and you could be paying 450 close to $5. Mm. And I think that is totally, uh, 
that's upsetting because I'm like, if I'm only getting this one stimulus check one time, you're telling me I have to decide between buying eggs or buying poultry or chicken for my family. Yep. Like that should not be a decision that somebody in America that has worked their butt off every single day should have to decide. I agree. So, you know, I, I'm just hoping that this does bring some relief to some individuals and those that it doesn't. I'm hoping the unemployment checks will come and kick in and be beneficial. But at the same time, I also encourage everybody, you know, Amazon distribution centers, they are out here hiring. So, you know, that is definitely a possibility if you have lost your job. Yeah, it's I feel so many ways. Because um, everything that you just said, I think is very, very much what I thought about. Um, Finding out the variety of people who are now unemployed was something that was really startling to me. Because I immediately thought about, you know, my friends who still work in like, you know, in like food service or working something that, you know, truly is a maybe some type of like just what what we're now considering a (laughs) non-essential occupation. And um, exactly, and that's and it's crazy to think about. That's how we are speaking about this now. Like this, this when you when it took something like this exactly. to find out that your your um, employer is disposable. Mm-hmm. You know that it's like it's it's it. You, you there's a difference between the convenient, I guess, industries and industries of necessity. And I think we came to realize mm-hmm. exactly what those things are and also realized how many of those things are. Most jobs, most jobs are those almost convenient industries. And and but the, the bare minimums, the bare necessities are the things that we have stepped on, been rude to. People are people have always been rude to people in the grocery stores and and folks within or people just have been underpaid to certain degrees in terms of education, all these different things. But we depend on these people to do what, mm-hmm. what they do. And I think it's so we crazy do. to me. And I think it's so it's so eye opening. And it says so much about our country in so many different ways. I think it's very eye opening to find out that, you know, it took th- it took. It took this happening for them to want to now relieve so many different people um, because they just could not, you know. And and I and I think the part that makes me, you know, I guess I'm putting on my like getting on my soapbox a little bit. The part that made me extremely upset is that just several months ago they were shaming a presidential candidate by the name of Andrew Yang for talking about universal mm-hmm. basic income, where a thousand dollars goes to each and every American just for the sake of being an American. That's it. Nothing else. That is it. And you can opt into it. You can opt out of it. It was somewhat very flexible. And it, and it was also marginal. It was also kind of marginal if you had some other government assistance. It seemed to me to be pretty damn fair and lit as hell. A thousand dollars, an extra twelve. Like every if every if the base minimum for every single American above the age of eighteen is twelve thousand dollars, that is a great boost. That is a great start for anybody, mm-hmm. for anyone. Regard, and I think it doesn't matter if you know prices and things go up just based off of that implementation of that. That's okay. We got it now. You got you got a thousand coming. You know. Now that's true, and, and and but they were shaming that as if that was just too socialist. That was like people aren't gonna want to work. People aren't gonna want to do this. We have to work hard for the money type of bullshit. When it's like, no, <laughs> that's not that's not even how people are. It's not even how shit works in life. There's a, I know a lot of people who work very hard but still don't make enough. Still exactly. just make just enough, you know. And so it's like to find that it took them being there being a a large large amount of people that were not just brown and black to be affected by this for that to be oh we just can't have this many people of all of all shades fucked up in the dirt even though you were cool with it just two three months ago from a whole, you know, city with still with various cities with lead in the water with various millions of people yes. who were 
not only in poverty, but we're like, damn, they're about to be on the street with millions of people in various cities around the U.S. of A. who still to this day are homeless and are dealing with so many different mental health issues. So mm-hmm. it's like, the fuck? You know what I'm saying? And what it's like, what are we doing? So it took literally a biological phenomenon to occur, essentially an alien of sorts to somewhat snap some sense into people. And that shit baffles me. It baffles me. But I'll give you all a few details about this stimulus package. And I want you all to still do your own research because I'm giving this shit off the top based off of what I've read and what I've seen. Um, essentially, if you've already filed your taxes, then the information that the the information needed to get the money to you should already be in the right hands. The IRS and the Treasury are essentially up over dis- dispersing these funds. Understand if you have any type of uh, current garnishments or anything mm-hmm. of the sort occurring in your uh, in your life right now. Um <laughs> You will. You may not need to be expecting this money. <laughs> yeah. So if you've got some back child support, <laughs> if you got any type of federal situation where you know they already been cutting into your funds, then don't <laughs> expect. You might not need to be expecting this one, dog. You know what I'm saying? Just exactly. don't even look for it. It's it's not gonna be there. Um, there is. I can't remember the exact amounts, but there is a for each just single individual who filed as a single individual with on their taxes should expect twelve hundred dollars. They're yeah. say they're stating that this should be untaxed, so you should expect that whole twelve, you know what I'm saying? And this should come in the form in which you were uh, received your return. So if you got you know a paper check or a direct deposit, that's how you're gonna get it. You feel me? Then mm-hmm. you have um for people who file jointly, who you know, married individuals and people with children will receive extra funds. Um, I think it's like twenty four hundred for the household, and then I think another um, certain another dollar amount for each child within the house. And um, but I think it was still like a max though. I think it was like really kind of like around like you know maybe four around like four to three thousand dollars that really all y'all will really get. Um, so it wasn't like yeah, don't expect because you got ten and y'all good like that. Like you gonna yeah, get nah, like the nah. yeah, you ain't gonna <laughs> nah, get the you ain't gonna get the three hundred for each kid for each head. You feel me? Nah, that ain't gonna happen. Um, so yes, expect that. Do your research. Go look that up. Also, too, this is not even a part of the stimulus. Well, you know what? I think it is a part of the stimulus package. I believe, or at least, um, yeah, I think it's so. Um, when it came to student loans. I think a lot of different, uh, several different student loan services are actually um, putting, they're actually putting um, no interest in putting all loans on deferment until September the 30th. Now check with your student loan servicer now, because I believe it was still, if you had a, um, a Perkins loan or a family, I think it was like a family fund loan or something like that. If you got one of those two, this is not for you, boo boo. I'm sorry. (laughs) You still gotta pay. You still gotta pay. You still gotta pay. But if it's if it's Sally Mae, Nell Net Jenkins, who you have your loans with, then there you go. You're good because they not. I'm, I'm telling y'all, I've been waiting. They have yet to send an email about this shit. And this this been a nope. thing since last weekend. They yep. have yet to send an email about this shit. They will not send an email to y'all. Let I'm letting y'all know. Get, do not do not wait on them to verify that they will not be taking out that auto deposit or be sending you those emails expecting that money on whatever date you're supposed to be paying. Exactly. They are not in the business to tell people not to pay that type of shit. So understand <laughs> that. And they're going to be on some stance on some, well, we maybe thought you were going to be responsible. The interest is now zero right now. So yeah. maybe you want to pay on your principal. Yes, you know, it's a good time to do. do that type of thing. But, you know, we're not going to cut it off if, you know, you no. don't tell us to type of thing. So exactly. you need to call them because they're not going to call you. I'm just letting y'all know it ain't going to happen. All right. OK, I think that was a good little check in. We, we was we was on some shit. But I <laughs> let's get into the conversation. Right. All right. Within within uh, I've always had a very big admiration for people who are good with money. I'm telling you. I believe that that is a talent. 
I think it's a skill. Well, better yet, I'm gonna say it's a, yes, yeah, a skill, a talent. Because mm-hmm. I feel like making it sound like it's a gift or some like you know God gifted thing make it seem like no one else can get it. But I believe everyone can you know figure out their own money, how money and me work. I know personally, I have recognized my own um, feelings and, and energies around money in so many different ways. Didn't realize how much financial anxiety that I had growing up and still to this day. And still that I'm like still dealing and processing with because money is funny to me. You know, it's really funny to me a lot because I'm because it's just it's crazy how you can make more and more every year and still feel broke. It's crazy how you can, you know, try try your best to, you know, you know, set something aside and do this and do that and still feel not still still kind of not feel that kind of peace of mind. And I think that's the the part that, you know, that I'm working on personally. But I would love to talk to you about some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen in your own kind of like financial management that you, you know, any type of war stories, I guess, that you would like to share that you believe oh. is a, it may be common things or something that's very rare um, that you believe was a crazy, <laughs> a crazy, ridiculous thing that somebody did with their money. Of course. Of course. Well, oh, for their business. OK, of course. Well, first off, let me say. Being financially stable, it is a learning process. No one is perfect at it. If somebody tells you they're perfect at it, they're lying, and they probably have a lot of debt. But I'm just saying, it is a learning process. And, of course, you'll learn that as you continue to make more money, then your balances of where you're putting your money at is going to fluctuate. So, like, if you start making more money, your bills shouldn't increase. Things that should increase is things like investments or things that's going to help to make you a better person. So if you plan on buying a house, your savings account for buying a house, that should be increasing. But I think a lot of people get lost in the sauce because when they see more money, they're like, oh, I got more money to do this, this, and this. And then they're not thinking about where they're putting their money at. They're just spending it. They're sliding that credit card. The number one mistake that I've seen people get themselves into is debt. And not just like regular debt, like debt as in, I have two, three credit cards out and they all have $5,000 balances. Mm. Like I don't, you know how hard it is to pay down $5,000 just on one card, just so you can have a zero balance. Mm. I don't like, if you look at the percentages online of the number, the amount of Americans that have less than half of their max out rate on their credit card right now, it'll be ridiculously high. Like people don't think about that. These are all things that play into when you buy that house or when you buy that car, they're going to look at your debt to income ratio. And if your debt is more than like for Maryland, I believe it's 53%. So if your debt outweighs your income by more than 53%, guess what? You can't get a house. You Mm. have to wait. You have to figure something out. You have to get a co-signer. And I'm, I'm not going to be 32 saying, Hey mom and dad, I need a co-signer because my credit score is not good. So I can get this house. They're going to look at me and say, uh, well, you need to figure this out because you know, your credit score is your responsibility. But, um, initially when I started off with the whole money situation and I created a whole budget spreadsheet was mainly because I knew I wanted to buy a house in two years and I knew exactly how much that house was going to cost. I knew how much money I was going to need at the closing cost. So to ensure that I had money going into my investments in the stock market. And then I still had money going into my savings account for the house, but I was also paying off my minor bills. I set up a budget spreadsheet so I can literally see how much money is going into every category. Um, That really helped with my anxiety because just like you, I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, I just spent $50 and do I have it? Am I sure I could spend it? Like that, that, stuff like that made me so anxious. So I did the budget spreadsheet and it helped me to figure out, like it made me think twice before I slid that card. I was like, "Mm, do I really need this? Nah, Tay, I don't need this today. I can wait another day. Like, do I need to go buy a whole bunch of clothes off Fashion Nova even though they got 80% off? Always. I don't. don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're going to have another sale. Don't you worry. So now I put things into perspective where I'm just like, okay, So if I see something for $40 and I know I made $8 per hour, I'm just like, "Mm, if I buy this, then this is going to be five hours of work. Do I really want to, you know, use that five hours just to get this one thing? 
And then in my mind, I'm just like, yeah, no, it's not really worth it. Mm, um, I like the way you think about that. I never thought about it like that. I need to think of sh- shopping for clothes. Like, how many hours of work is this going on? Hours of work. Especially, like, when you think about that hard day at work that you had, mm-hmm. when your boss is just over your shoulder and they telling you to do this, this, and that. I'm just like, hmm, let me, let me think about this and reconsider this decision. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a great way to think. Um, the budget spreadsheet, I definitely teach that in my workshops because it's easy to flow through and it's easy to understand and I feel like it's very important for everybody to know Uh, some of my mm, I've actually had some pretty interesting stories but one of my clients before they got to me um, they are an author and they had invested literally their last dime into printing and getting their book right Mind you, they quit their job because they their book was top selling for about three to six months and they were doing extremely well. So they quit their job right in the middle of it because they wanted to focus on their book sales the whole time. Hmm. I was like, okay, I don't fault anybody for believing in their dreams. But before you quit, please make sure you have a solid foundation of money where you can survive for two to three months without your main source of income. So mind you, by the time they get to me, they're about a year into their book. Um, they haven't had that many book sales for about six months. They maybe sold about three or four books per month. So, of course, that income is slowing down. You know, the book signings, they're slowing down, too. And they come to me, and they're just like, okay, this is literally all I have left. How can I turn this into something? So the first thing I do is I say, stop. We, we can't. We're not going to take your last and try and build an empire off of it because this is all you have. And I don't like people. I don't know what the misconception is, but when you have your last, I'm not going to spend it on something that's not guaranteed. What I'm going to spend it on is getting my resume together and, and then applying for a job, because at that point in time, you're stretching. You're on the end. You need to find another main source of income to be able to afford your dream. So at that point in time, we of course, we did a budget spreadsheet. We walked it through it. Um, she walked me through all her debt, how, how she got there. And then we even worked out a process for her to get through her debt and work through her debt so that she can go back to working her full-time job and filled her dream. So my biggest tip and advice for anybody and everybody that is listening, you, you need a main source of income to fill your dreams. Your dreams cannot just go out there on a wing and a prayer. You need income to be able to do what you want to do and do what you love until what you love can take place of your main source of income but you know as I digress you know these are things that I'm just like very passionate about um even though I am young my parents always raised me to work and to manage my own money and to always have my own source of income to be independent because they always say prepare for your rainy day so they always told me to make sure that in my savings account, I had $2,000 in there always at all times, no matter what happened. So when I got that flat tire or I had to get my car fixed, it was there and I could use it. And it doesn't even touch my main source of income that's coming in on a regular basis. Mm. That's see, that's that's beautiful. Like That's beautiful. That's like so much. That's like just a, the perfect song, you know, just having two, <laughs> having two at minimum. In that thing, you know what I'm saying? In that savings, you feel me? Ready to go, ready for the rain, ready. sleet, and the snow, you know? I think exactly. I think it's, um, I think I said this to you in our first initial conversation. I realized within my, you know, within going to therapy and talking to my therapist about kind of my relationship with money and why I feel so anxious about it. And I didn't realize how much of it, you know, really does start at home and like your introductions to what money is to you and what having money is and what doing what you do with your money. Um, like how all those things play a part. I believe my mom was always a very, uh, very beautiful and very elegant provider, Mm -hmm. but I think, um, she almost hid money from me and my sister in a way, you know, like Mm -hmm. I don't want y'all to really worry about this. Like at a young age, it was not like, it wasn't this exchange about money. It was like, here, here go a little bit, you know, do what you want type of thing. It wasn't, <laughs> yeah, it was like very, you know, I don't want you to really have to ever really think about it. I don't want you to really ever have to, she was trying to, um, trying to mitigate stress about money. 
You know, I think that was her key mm-hmm. thing. Like, I think she just didn't want us to stress about money. When in actuality, me and my sister eventually became very stressful about money. <laughs> From my sister uh, adapting this like habit of like she had she she literally would get more and more jobs because she just did not like the feeling of being broke. Like she would literally mm-hmm. overexert herself just because she felt like what she, the one job she may have didn't feel like enough. Because she was like, I just feel mm-hmm. like I'm not. I don't I feel like I'm gonna be broke soon if I just if I'm just waiting on this check from this place. I need another check from I need to you know, whatever, whatever. While with me, yeah, my issue was that it did not matter when I got paid. I didn't feel good after the I had the same feeling on payday as I had when it's my last two dollars type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the feeling wasn't different. I was anxious either way. Because with all this money, I'm like, damn am I going to handle this right type of thing? And I was very need-based, so I would take care of my needs, and it was too extreme. So that way, so if I'm not having a balance of, you know, saving for the things I want and, and you know, and treating myself sometimes because I've prepared for that, but also taking care of my needs, if I'm so extreme on one side, the opportunity that comes with me trying to do something for me will come around, and what would I do? You know what? I deserve this. I need mm-hmm. this. This is an hour. This want is now becoming a necessity because when do I ever do anything for myself? And then Mm -hmm. I splurge on a thing that I probably really can't afford or I probably should not even be thinking about buying or whatever it may be. Or I need to rearrange so I can, you know, have these smaller senses of where I'm still satisfying something like, okay, Rodney, if you budget these things out and, you know, whatever, whatever, you could probably still do, you know, you could at least get the, you know, the, um, particular you know type of uh, produce or something like that. You, can, you can buy organic because you budgeted for organic and now you're getting mm-hmm. what you want and now when it comes to a pair of clothing or doing something that's kind of lavish that that tendency might not be there at least that's what i'm figuring out for myself but i would love yeah. i would love to um because i believe all we all we're talking about is like tendencies and certain education and things like that i believe that there is extreme importance when it comes to personal finance, but you know, you don't only work with people, you know, people in their money, you work with people's businesses and their money and they, and they businesses yeah. money. You know what I'm saying? So I would yeah. love to know based off of, cause I, I think it's a, it's a very well-known fact. <laughs> I think it's a very well-known <laughs> stereotype, but also somewhat of a fact that a lot of, you know, black owned businesses have this, um, what I guess what you would like to say, a very understood, charming effect within a lot of their businesses. You know, they mm-hmm. are um, trying to find ways to not spend too much money, even though they need to, to really make their business go to a new level, um, whatever it is. Business etiquette in terms of small businesses is what I want to really speak to you about, because I believe that. You know, we see all the time that, you know, we complain. We want to support. We want to support. Like, look, I want to like, I want to, we really want to like y'all. We really want to mess with y'all because y'all <laughs> in the neighborhood. We heard the chicken is good. Or we heard y'all got the five little, you know, crab leg boils or something. Exactly. But it's like, we ain't, we in here and it's parts that's cool. It's parts that's vibes. Maybe it's the food is good, but everything else is kind of terrible. Every, whatever mm-hmm. this and that. Tell me what you've noticed, at least on your side of things, that uh, shows the importance of, you know, business etiquette in terms of black owned small businesses and, and just and, and entrepreneurs as well. Okay. Oh, I like this topic. Ooh. Oh, yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let me just start off business etiquette. I need people to understand your business is your brand and your business is you. So how you present yourself and present your restaurant or whatever your product is, is a representation of you. And I don't know about you or most people out here, but me going to a restaurant, that is a whole experience from the moment I walk in to being sat down to someone taking my order, getting my food and it's fresh and hot to me leaving. And a lot of black owned businesses, we're just very well i don't want to say we but they are just very good at promoting and cooking good food and they kind of lack that in between piece of um consistency when it comes to uniforms like that that's one of the smallest things i hate when i walk into a black owned restaurant and all the waiters and the bus boys and 
everybody has on something different. No, it shouldn't be that way. You need to have some type of consistency when it comes to your brand. I shouldn't walk into a restaurant and somebody has on an orange shirt that says something on it and then somebody has on a black shirt. No, you need to maintain that consistency. And a lot of black-owned businesses, they really just focus on the cooking of the food or the presentation of the food or the presentation of a product. You know, they don't really invest in the whole overarching experience because little do they know you know even if I go to a restaurant the experience is great the drinks are great but maybe the food isn't all that just that one time but people keep talking about it hey I still might come back for a chance I might give them a second chance Mm -hmm. but if I go there and the waiter is not good they take forever to bring my drinks out they take forever to sit me and then the food is okay. I'm not going back there. Like, that's it. I'm done with it. Yeah, especially if the food like, is just okay. Exactly. Just okay. Like, I spent $20, $30 on this meal and it's just okay. No, I need it to be on point. But I, that, I'm just really starting to see that tendency when it comes to black businesses. And so I always, when I start off, I start off with a, co- a conversation like, what is your overarching goal? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Who is your target audience? And what is your niche? And with asking those questions, that allows me to identify like, okay, they have done the research to know who they're trying to attract and how to attract them. I think that's also another piece that businesses forget is how to attract who your target audience is. Mm -hmm. So if my target audience happens to be um, kids or people ages 18 to 32, then what are most 18 to 32 year olds? They're mostly on all the different social me- social media platforms. Exactly. The Instagram, the, the Facebook. Like you need to understand that even though I might be 52 years old and I own this restaurant, I need to get out here on social media because one, it's free. Two, you can attract the target audience that you're trying to get. And three, you can continue to expand and grow your business. So I think like when I work with these these restaurants or even company clothing companies i think it's very important to discover their target audience and then in doing so it allows me to understand their business overall so that we can grow their business from there because when a lot of people and entrepreneurs start their business they started not because they have the whole entrepreneurship background it's just because they had a dream and they had something that they wanted to do and i am all here for i'm here to make people's dreams come true So that's when they find individuals like me and they say, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. This is what I've done. Um, How can I make it better? What can I do to take it in this direction? And then that's when we sit there and we discuss that. And there is nothing wrong with that because there is not one person in this world that knows every single thing about everything in this world. Like it's not going to happen. So it's okay to ask for help and say, hey, I've tried this. I don't know what else to do. Where can I go from here? Because little do you know, somebody else might have had that same experience and could be able to help you. So I know I just went on a whole rant. Oh, no, you did it. You did that, girl. (laughs) Mm -hmm. To bring it all back around, black business, white business, whoever business it is, you need to form your consistency. You need to discover who your target audience is. And then you need to figure out what you are specializing in to be able to promote that to your target audience. Wow. That's so true. I got to shout out a black owned business right now that I didn't even know um, because I'm like, who is who is like this is not even the thing that people push, you know, because I feel like they figured out the thing. What is it? Because I'm here in Chicago. And for the people who are listening, um, who know what this is, they know what this is. But it's a place called Docs. It's a place called Docs. Mm-hmm. And they have this this fish sandwich. Which whoever like whoever pushes the foot the fish sandwich, you know what I'm saying? Usually fish places just push. We got good fish. Come get yeah. the catfish nuggets. Come get the catfish. Come get mm-hmm. the the this the that. You know what I'm saying? They trying to sell plates and platters and things. You feel me? Yeah, they but they are. they telling niggas to come through and get a fish sandwich. You feel me? And I <laughs> witnessed and got to partake into this fish sandwich. Mm-hmm. Not only do they you you got to specify if you want the like like a small or like a regular because the regular give you two big ass pieces of fish on this like kind of like submarine shape type bread 
lettuce, mm-hmm. tartar sauce, tomato is kind of how it comes. But it's mm-hmm. fire. And I think it's whiting is the fish. Fire. You feel me? Gave me the itis. I ain't never got itis off of eating <laughs> fish. <laughs> Not fish. As good as a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Oh, you know what? I feel like I got the stepped on Popeye's chicken sandwich because I got it <laughs> like post post launch, like when the with the launch mm. and it, yeah, because I, I couldn't I couldn't get one. It was I couldn't get one every time I tried. It was they was either out already or the line was too long for my own liking. So I could not get one when it first first came out. And then once it came mm. back, you know, folks didn't rush. As much as they did, you know, because they was like, we just probably ain't going to be the same or whatever, yeah. whatever. And um, and I tried it. And I know a lot of other people who tried it, that that one specifically, and said, this didn't taste the same. Could have been in their head. Yeah. Who knows? The one I had was cool, but I, it wasn't, I'm about to go stab somebody for one cool. That's, you know? Exactly. Uh, that, was, that, was, that was my thing. But I, I'm so glad that you, you spoke to this because I do have a lot of faith in um, black businesses and things like that. And I think it, a lot of it has to do with um, the education of the thing. I think what we have learned how to do pretty well for the people who have started these businesses, done all these different things, is we know how to initiate. We know how to make lemons out of lemonade, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's just the, so we can com- come up with products, we can present a thing, we can do all that. But we just, I think the the having the the full aptitude of running that lemonade stand is the thing that I think we somewhat lack, and I think we always have given each other room for you know for the things that we lack because the shit be good, you know when it's exactly. great, it's like look you can be rude as hell to me. All I'm trying to do is get this <laughs> little jerk chicken. Exactly. And- Auntie, I don't I don't even know who got on your nerves back there because I'm not even trying to go there with you. I'm like, I'm not talking fast enough to you. I already, I, I knew what I wanted, but I'm still not even pleasing you with my order. You know what I'm saying? Right. You keep smacking your teeth. I'm sorry. Right. I just wanted just to know if y'all had mac and cheese. I didn't know if it was an off the menu item. I heard y'all had <laughs> mac. I didn't know y'all didn't have mac. I'm sorry. All of that, you know? I, no one wants to go through that, but we'll go through that if we know we about to get exactly. home and be like, mm, ooh, I'm so yes. glad I went there. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad ooh. I was I'm so glad, but but to truly grow their business, I I always think about, you know, if everyone, if they could just, you know, implement some type of, you know, electronic footprint, because some, so many people, so many um, small businesses have been doing what they've been doing for decades and they've been doing it strictly off word of mouth, strictly off of just the strength that the neighborhood know they there, you know, and it's like, Mm -hmm. why don't y'all get online and truly beef that up and let it be known that y'all been out here for 20 years serving exactly. up the fire. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. But also, too, you can't do that if you got so many other things. Like if you still got like a bad service score, a bad this, a bad that. You got to evaluate, yeah. straighten that out. That way, when you are pushing it out to the masses, because people going to be people going to come to the city. They're going to be like, all right, where can we get good this? Where can we go get that? Exactly. And you want to be able to not only pop up on Google's as a high, highly suggested spot, but they're going to check you out. They're going to go to the Yelp. A lot of people do trust Yelp. I know. They I, do. I, I second guess it a lot. I look <laughs> at the stuff and be like, it sounds like it might have been you. I don't know. I don't know. It <laughs> sounds like you might have been tripping on that person. I don't know. It just depending on how it reads. Depends. Yeah. But I, I yeah. And sometimes I just be still feeling like I kind of still just want to try it. It looks good. I don't right? know. I'll be like, let me be the judge. Yeah. Of like maybe maybe you just had the, just the wrong waiter the wrong day, you know, because this this little, you know, little. Little, uh, it might be something real crazy that they might have that really attract you to, like a like a lobster steak mac and cheese, like some shit like that. And you'd be like, I can't not not go try right. it now. So, yeah. So for me, I love that you speak to that. I love that you are becoming a resource, and not only a resource, but the solution to that because we need that. We need we need people like yourself. Not giving up on people and just trying to give them the tools so they can make their businesses better. And we are, you know, going to be the generation that takes over the barbecue shacks and the chicken spots yes. from from grandma and uncle and dad and mom. You know that they started however long ago, and um, and we should be the ones to 
boost them up, to revitalize them, to be able to like, y'all never open up a second one. We now can because of the, the implementation of things that we've done. We can now make this into this. We can now take on French, make it, make it into a franchise if we wanted to. Yeah, That's an option. Try. Like you should want to grow this thing on out to its biggest capacity because that's where you see it going. That's what you, that's what will make you happy, make you full, and let you know that this seed that you sowed in the community was one that was going that's going to feed you for generations. Why have a business if you don't want it to truly benefit you for generations when you gone? You know what I'm saying? Like let's let's think big. Why not think big, you know? But let, let me get off my soapbox and let you talk. So oh! that's pretty legit i haven't seen a lot of black-owned businesses that are franchised like that yes. needs to be something that becomes normal yes and i think we can i think black people always do things differently and i think there's a way for us to go about things in a and i don't know i think you know we always try to find a way to still keep our sense of respect and our ethics when we approach things um, because we are a very communal sense of people, we don't want to be the ones to come up with this big idea and then we find out we done jerked a million black people to get it done. Like, who wants to ever be that person? So, I, to me, I can imagine it. I can see it. It's possible. You know, it's it's possible for this chicken shack or this, you know, this barbecue spot in random ass, you know, US, <laughs> small town USA to get so popular and so viral that they now got to have another one in their small town and then maybe pop up another one in the next major city and so on and so on and so forth. And for it to grow out and to truly be whatever y'all wanted it to be, because we ain't going to stop wanting some stuff like that. And it's very well possible. We've, we've seen it with so many different things. Chick-fil-A used to only be in the damn mall at one point. Mm -hmm. Couldn't even find a standalone, you know? So, and, and we love Chick-fil-A now. Look how Chick-fil-A is. And blooming. It's, you got to get some chick fizzle. You got to, you know, that's just, but I believe, I believe that the quality of these small mom and pop places in all of these, you know, respective cities and towns have the, have the ability to truly uplift themselves and build up something way further than they imagine, you know? But I think it takes mm -hmm. people like yourself and other individuals who within like the digital marketing space and things like that to help and give aid. These people are your clients too, people. For all the folks who do digital marketing and things like that, don't just go for these, you know, just big brand deals and these things like that. I'm telling you, it's plenty aunties and uncles and daddies and grandmas with their little businesses that they don't know. They don't know. Come over here and show me how to use Facebook. They need to go over right. there. And get their page together, you know what I'm saying? Because they charming, they cute, and they food is fire. Or that whatever products they serve or, or service or whatever it is are dope. Allow it to make it make happen. Because it's a lot of people, grandmas and old people getting on Facebook every day. There's an audience, there's community, there's all that. Get it done is all I'm saying. So, yes, two things before I let you go. Okay. Two things before I let you go. I want to uh, play a game. No, no, three things. I want to play a game, ask you another question, all right. and then we're going <laughs> to close out. We're going to send it off with some tips, all right? All right. First, what do you believe, I guess, what, do you, what would you say financial stability looks like? Mm, wow, that's a good one. Ooh. Because financial stability could look like many things to many yeah. people. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> for me, financial stability, hmm, that would look like if I were to lose my job today, I have three months of savings saved up, meaning that I have th three months of, well, I have money saved up to the point where I can pay off all my bills, continue to pay all my student loans, pay my car note, and pay my mortgage and still be just fine and live every day stress-free. Like, that would be financially stable to me, you mm. know? I love that. I love that. And I knew I knew your answer was going to be short and sweet, too, because I think <laughs> we... Because I, I think for people like myself, and I think a lot of people, we overcomplicate, we overcomplicate our budgeting and finances and things like that because there's this, you know, just, there's just this this instance that life isn't matching the amount of money that I make, what I want to mm -hmm. do in life, what I feel like I should be doing in life, all those different things. So there's literally like a, 
a conflict battle between yourself on do you deserve a thing or like that the fact that that even comes into your mind can really fuck up your self-esteem because it's like i feel like i work i feel like i'm a good person don't i deserve to to lamp in jamaica you know yeah but you need I mean, to yeah, you need you to do that yeah, but that's the thing. It's like you need to like approach it differently. You know, it's like exactly. have you done all the things? It's not about deserving. You deserve it, but have you done the work to make yourself have peace exactly. of mind to do the thing? You know? Yes. But if you're gonna take that trip, you can't be spending two hundred dollars on clothes every two months. You gotta, you know, you gotta make some sacrifice. It's a give and take. If you wanna take that trip to Jamaica, you can do it. You just need to plan for it and cut out your expenses elsewhere. That's it. That's it. Okay. And for me, because I, I just want to answer the question for myself. For me, yes, financial it. financial stability, truly, truly. I'm, I guess I'm speaking this out in the universe right now. You're listening, universe. So <laughs> financial stability to me truly looks like. Because it, it, I, I, cause I think because I'm like always funny with numbers. I think it's also a uh, the ability to know, to not only peace of mind, that I have peace of mind no matter what happens to me, um, either being jobs or if, you know, whatever stream of income is just slow, I'm good regardless. Um, having the ability to, you know, know that I got the money in there. You know what I'm saying? Like that feeling of I got it. I know I got it. I worked. I put it in there. I watch it go in there. It's in there, you know, just being able to yep. take care and to be able to truly be able to make the decisions on my life that I feel like are necessary. You know, I want to be able to say shit like I'm in the market to buy certain things because I'm just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I love yeah. that type of shit because it's like, oh, people who say that always, always admire people who said that. I was like, oh, you're in the market. So you just... Really weighing your options is what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yep. My black ass got to find, got to go online and filter this thing from low to high and then make a decision, you know, just off of these, you know, low joints. You feel me? In the market sound like you comparing the best to the best. That's what I always yep. took that as and to be in the market of things. And knowing that you got it and knowing that you're stable and knowing that there's more coming in, I think that's what stability really feels like to me. Like I can not only I can live exactly how I want to live. I, I know I got money in my savings and I got more I'm about to put up in that thing. I'm, I'm up to date. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm mad up to date. If I can pay shit in advance, I go ahead and do that, you know. Just because I don't want to think about it. I don't even want to see the email about insurance. Let me just pay this shit now, you know? Right? Exactly. Exactly. Because I, I hate, I just yeah, hate. I mean, it. This is the time to do it if you got a few extra dollars. Yeah. And I hate, and I always hate those bills that I just don't like and don't understand, you know? Insurance always bothered me. You know, <laughs> the way the phone bill shit work always bothered me because it's like it. <laughs> it's like certain days you got like your service day and then the, the payment day and it's just a weird thing you know what i'm saying so you just put you know i want to be able to put shit on auto and be like yeah it's gonna stay on auto because it's gonna be right. there just pay that thing pay that thing i need it it's, i'm gonna have to i'm gonna stay on it it's just there and that's mm -hmm. it that's what it feels like that's what i that's what i'm aspiring to that's what i'm calling out into my life that's what i'm welcoming into my life that's what i'm working it's towards it's coming i know it's coming i know Don't it is it's coming now for a game all right. The game that I have is in a perfect world. All right. It's in a perfect world, right? So, simple simple questions. In a perfect world, if money was not an issue. Cool. Money is not an issue. What would you do? If mm. in a perfect world, what would you do in a day in your favorite place? These are the oh. only these are only parameters. You're in your favorite place and you only have a day to do all you want to do. So you waking up at so let's say you land in your favorite place at twelve midnight. Uh-huh. And then you gotta be out that bitch by twelve the next day. Mm. What you doing with your day? In a perfect world, what you doing? Ooh, I'm trying to even think of where I would be at, you know. Yes, I mean you gotta you gotta make a decision. 
well, it's about to be warm, so I know I'd want to be somewhere with a beach and water. Okay, beach and water. Beach and water. You know what? Take me back to Hawaii. Um, That was the best time of my life. But, Mm. uh, well, if I was there, man, right now, I'd probably be... I'd make sure I do some skydiving in the morning. I want to be on some jet skis by noon, mm. by two o'clock. I want to be eating some great Hawaiian food, sitting on the beach, just watching the, uh, just watching the beautiful waves crash against the shore. Mm. You know, and then you know, by five o'clock, I want to rent a yacht out and just go ride the yacht into the middle of the ocean and watch the sunset. Mm. And then after that, it's all she wrote. I'm just taking shots of tequila and enjoying the rest of the night on the beach somewhere. Oof. <laughs> Oof. That sounds so good. Especially right now with all this COVID. Exactly. Oof. It sounds exactly. so good. And so you would make it back to your 12 a.m. flight on time or would you be too slushed? You got to think about that too now. Mm, I would be. I'd probably make it on time, but I'd be super, you know, hung over in the plane. That's know? all right. But that's all right. I made it. I made it. That's all that matters. And that's the perfect world right there because you you did perfect everything world. you wanted to do and you got there on time and they was and they, they was right there for you. They upgraded your flight and everything. You know what I'm saying? I threw that exactly. one in there. First class. In there. First class. I like that. Thank you. So You're welcome. Much. You're welcome. I got you because there ain't no reason to be hung over and, and, and coach. You feel me? Exactly. When you done had a, the best that. day ever, you know? Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. For me, it would be um, genuinely. Where would the hell I be? Where would the hell I? I want to go somewhere warm too. Be honest with mm, you. I want to go yes. somewhere warm too. Um, my last, my last like warm trip was um, was actually in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. It was great, great time. But for some reason. I don't want to go international. I don't know why I don't want to right now. Um, considering everything going on, I could understand why you might not want to go. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, my mind don't want to, like, let me go somewhere right now. You know what I'm saying? Let me go anywhere international. So what I would do, just off the strength, because I feel like the very first time I went to L.A., it was one of the best weekends of my life. And it truly reminds me of, it was my, my, my bonus, my paycheck, and my taxes came in all in that same week. Oh, Lord. I know you blew through all of it, huh? And it was in the middle of the month, which was my, like, I guess my, like, uh, most, that's where the bulk of my disposable income comes in at the middle of the month instead of the first. Mm-hmm. So that means I had the most money to play with other than bills that were due. Like, you talking about the bills that were due then were, like, we talking about, like, Netflix. We talking about, like, a phone bill. Like, it was <laughs> like, oh, so I'm just, I literally... My expenses were in the lows of lows, and I just got this, uh-huh. this, and this. So, because it, it, I have good memories about that, I would go back, still be by the beach, still be in a good, nice spot, and I would be on some straight-up lavish shit all day long. You feel me? I would get in, we have a beach house, you know what I'm saying, a beach house with the, uh, what's, this, with the, uh, what's, the, what's the thing in the back from Insecure, the CS. The Siesta, whatever that thing is in the back oh, by the pool. Big money. Big money. Big ass windows. The house is immaculate and beautiful. All types of music and shit playing just so so beautifully. I got all the homies out there. I flew everybody out for the day, just for the day. Just and for the day. <laughs> just for the day. You know what I'm saying? I'm grilling myself and I got all the things I want to grill. I'm talking about... All the just the most premium ass meats, plenty seafood on the grill. You feel me? Mm. I got it popping. You feel me? The party is about to be lit, and I'm having a big ass party. You know what I'm saying? Man, just, I need to come party with you. You see what I'm saying? I'm vibing, right? I got the cocktails going. I got big ass little the picture things with the, with the things on. I got various amounts and then just liquor everywhere you know what i'm saying everybody in a good mood the best playlist ever i curated i paid somebody to curate the best playlist ever so that we don't gotta skip we don't gotta do nothing we don't gotta touch it it's gonna vibe out for <laughs> hours you feel me and we in this bitch yeah we in this bitch and i'm and i'm going through all the activities we playing games we going through all the things 
uh, talking about all types of things. I'm I'm doing. I'm probably going even. I'm probably going to record some shit too. Just just off the strength. Like I gotta I gotta capture some of this shit. You know, capture some of this energy. <laughs> Pictures galore. You know, we capture all these moments and dope shit. And I'm getting there on time. I'm certainly hungover, but I took my charcoal. That's that's my secret tip. You got activated charcoal, kind of soak up all the liquor and kind of prevent some hangover shit. Yeah. So I got my activated charcoal off right before I get to the right before I get back to the airport so I can sober the fuck up. And I'm, you know, I'm in that bitch and I'm coming back on to Chicago (laughs) feeling real good. I I just had the best day ever because it was a perfect world for a day. Mm. Perfect. 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 So right now we will send it on. And my send it on portion is my um, one of my favorite uh, artists is D'Angelo. So you'll right now when you listen back to this, you'll hear D'Angelo in the background. And what we're going to do, how we're going to send people off right now is with some tips about their personal fine, how to establish any sense of personal financial stability. Any tips, one to two to three, however many you feel, or just if it's one big major one. Whatever you, however much you feel to give, because I don't, because you got a business, and I'd be damned if you just give out free game when motherfuckers can pay you to get it. I'm not into cutting into your pockets, but I would love if you can any type of you know free free tips you would love to give to people to go ahead and send them off and send them all with those tips. Oh, Ooh, of course, of course. Number one tip that I didn't really get to talk on, but you definitely touched on was figuring out your needs versus your wants. Your wants should not outweigh your needs. Um, My tip number two would be to figure out what your salary is and break out the percentage of how much you plan to actually spend versus Mm. how much you plan to save. And that will allow you to see how much money you're actually spending on a monthly basis. And my biggest tip to everybody is don't don't compare yourself to others. What your money and what your income looks like is your money and your income. Let others do what they do. People might be traveling, going to everywhere in the world, but could have the most debt. So focus on you, focus on your professional development. And that's pretty much all the tips I got for you guys. You know, like I said, just feel free to hit me up at edify me on Instagram, or you can email me, text me, whatever you want to do. This is what I'm here to do. I'm here to help educate the world. Oof, girl, you better go ahead and get them them get them socials already like that. Just smoothly getting into that. Ooh, and this is this this isn't your first podcast, right? Um, so actually, it is my first podcast. Ooh, you are natural. <laughs> I'm glad I could deal with you. I appreciate. Yes, you are a natural, and I truly, truly, truly thank you for reaching out. I truly thank you for. Uh, just starting the conversation and be like, hey, let's I, let's. I want to talk. I got some things. I got some, some stuff I want to get off my chest. You know what I'm saying? And I'm glad you came to me to be able to get some of these things off. And I believe this is certainly certainly something you should continue to do. Keep letting people know and hear you. You know what I'm saying? Because it's only exciting to hear how you speak about the passion that you have about what you do. And I and that's that's what makes people feel good. And also demystifies personal finance if you if you feel this good and you've built up these different skill sets and all these different things and it's like okay cool so i can break i can get good habits taylor's telling me i can get good habits she got good energy i can believe that i'm gonna believe you know you got good habits yeah so i I believe I, i certainly certainly believe that this um will be the start of a lot of people coming in you know and definitely finding so much interest and having so many questions about how they can get their own shit together um, for either their own personal per- personal situation or this entrepreneurial uh, endeavor that they may be seeking in their future or something they're doing now that they need some assistance on. Um, I really implore everyone, everyone, everyone to go to her page because I know a lot of people who listen are definitely business owners and people who are entrepreneurs and been doing the things for quite some time. I've had you on the show as well as I know you listen. So if you are in a bind, if you feel like you haven't been able to figure out the things, because why? We, we can't do it all. We put a lot of energy in the things that we sell and produce for people. We do something. We do need to go out and we can't. It's hard. I know it's real easy to wear all the hats. I'm a person who is a 
it was a, certainly a big example of who wearing every single hat for everything that I do. But it comes to a time to where you got to go and call somebody to get that assistance because you're wearing yourself thin. So call yeah. Taylor. Go get edified. You feel me? Go get it. You know? Yes. So I thank you. I thank you for coming and giving me your time. If you don't know, now you know you can listen to the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for Humans, Simply Being Humans, the Simply King Podcast, everywhere podcasts are available, being Spotify, Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts now, um, Apple Podcasts, all various streaming sites. Do not look for me on SoundCloud. It's not going to be there. It's not a real thing anymore. But mind you, I love y'all. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Make sure y'all support Taylor and make sure y'all continuously keep on listening and making sure you share this thing as well. This is a family size pack of content. You, if you eat a whole bag of family size chips, you're going to be mad at yourself after the fact. Don't be mad about getting all the way to the end of this and you didn't share this. You feel me? That's all I'm saying. That's all it is. All right. You can follow me everywhere at Kings underscore memoirs. You can follow the page at Simply King pod on ig i appreciate y'all i love y'all for listening peace this is simply king <laughs>